This is Caught Red-Handed, episode 28. Excited to talk to Jumpa and Lisa about uh, the dream of Miktoub and what inspired the idea of a retreat in Morocco. So um, I've heard a little bit about uh, how you both became uh, interested in henna, but I think it would be interesting to uh, to share that with some some folks that maybe are new to Caught Red Handed and. So maybe Lisa, you could tell us, and then Jen, share your your intro to Hena. Yeah. Um, hi everyone. This is Lisa. Just so you recognize all of our voices. Uh, I first saw Hena when I was in Morocco, and I was in the Western Sahara, and I remember seeing it on somebody's hand, but I didn't really know what it was. And then I used to be married to a Moroccan, and we went back to Morocco every year. And one year, my now ex-husband said hey why don't you get henna and i was like all right i don't know what it is so that was my first introduction and i i remember being blown away by it i remember also in my head saying i could never do this and i never forgot that i said that because usually i'm just like dive in and try something but i just was so amazed by them by the henna artists there just thought there's no way i could do i'm it. curious most of us think about moroccan henna and the syringe was that what you saw or did you really only see the after effect of the henna on the body um the very first time i saw henna i saw the design stain okay. and it okay. had been done with a stick i think but then when i had it done i had it done with a syringe and that's when i was like amazed blown away yeah and jumpa what about for you uh my story is not quite as fun and interesting <laughs> or maybe it is in a different way um, I mean, I started noticing henna in the, I guess, mid to late 90s, so like 96, 97, um, because it was having sort of a moment in American pop culture. I mean, 97 was the year that Madonna's video for Frozen came out and she has henna on her hands in the video. Um, and so I just started seeing it everywhere. And I don't know, maybe I was one of those people I'll say it, one of those kids, I was a kid at the time, <laughs> um, who I guess maybe just wanted to draw on myself, but I was always kind of fascinated by the different ways that we could decorate ourselves and our spaces. And so seeing this thing that, um, that was such a, like, such a process and yielded such a unique result was just I was really just fascinated by it um and it really was everywhere at the time I mean it was on tv it was every magazine you picked up a model in a, in a fashion spread had henna on it was like really kind of having a moment mm -hmm. um and so yeah I just I encountered it that way and eventually sought out supplies and just started trying to figure it out so from 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 the pop culture references to becoming a person who's recognized in the henna community as an expert in a particular style, like where where did your where that first peak at Moroccan henna or North African Moroccan style or uh, henna styles come into play? Um, so it was it was two books actually, um, Loretta Room's book. Uh, Mendy. Iconic. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that was like the book back then. Um, and also Kareen Fabius's book, too. Um, and there yeah. were some photos in each of those books of really classically traditional style Fessy Moroccan henna. And it just looked so different from everything else that I had been seeing um, that it just yeah it stood out to me visually and it still does to this day mm. it's like such mm. a unique in the world of henna art it's such a specific design style and design language 
And so, yeah, it was from those photos in those books that I started to get an idea of what it was. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder how big a step it was from for both of you from seeing it in images to thinking I'm going to write a book because one of my first introductions to to Moroccan henna was seeing it through either um, the promotion of or talking about the book that the two of you did um, which I now own and reference quite a bit but um, so I would like to hear a little bit maybe about the journey that got you from, hey, I've, I've been introduced to this beautiful uh, form of body art to I'm going to write a book about this. Lisa, Jen, and you, yeah. Yeah. Jen and I have known each other since before YouTube. And back in the day, you didn't, there was like, you know, those two books that Jen mentioned that you could refer to. And they were our Bibles, especially Loretta Rooms. And then there was just nothing else out there. And so we were both on the henna page. So mm-hmm. for those of you old henna heads, that was the place. And it was well, just for, t- for folks coming on the scene the later States. than yeah, later than the nineties <laughs> or the, the early two thousands, you couldn't just look stuff up on the internet and <laughs> and find it. And and because there was nothing to go at least here in in the West or in the United States, you couldn't just go look at a card catalog and find books on the shelf if you wanted information, right? right? So it was tricky. Yeah, and and we didn't know how to find henna artists in the United States. Like now I can find henna artists from all countries, you know, somewhere in the United States. But back then, like we just, we like Jen and I connected with each other and we met who had lived or had traveled to Morocco and so she had some experience and then CCJ who had done some research and and then let's let's clarify what CCJ is for folks (laughs) Catherine Cartwright Jones she was the owner of the henna page thank you yeah Yeah. and so I don't know Jen Jen was asking me questions about Moroccan henna and then we were sharing like photos and I can't I can't even remember. I just know that we met there and started talking about Moroccan henna. Well, yeah, and um, I think that especially back then when the community was so small and pretty much no American henna artists had done much in the way of travel or anything like that at the time, you were one of the only people who had actually been to Morocco and seen this in person. Yeah. And so you had some connection there. And uh, yeah, we just, we kind of just went from there. I mean, also, I know that, and I think we still have this feeling, there's this feeling that um, like the Moroccan traditions weren't getting the recognition they deserved. And so we kind of, like, it became a mission for us at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. We used to go to, Jen would come and visit me and we'd go to the South Asian neighborhood of Jackson Heights in Queens and we would just pour through all the books on Indian henna and that was all we could get but we just like ate that stuff up but we were always craving that Moroccan henna hit and then when I would go to Morocco, you know, I would interview female members of my family and you know, I'd go to the markets and talk to people and stop people in the street and look at their henna Uh, This is before digital cameras, I don't have photos of all that, but that was like the only way we could really learn anything about Moroccan henna from our vantage point here in the States. Mm -hmm. So, well, which leads to the next logical question, like how did you do the research? How did you go about building, building the book? Well, just, just based on like my research, like field research, I don't want to like pretend I'm some kind of anthropologist. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But my field research, I actually got some good questions from CCJ, just this exhaustive list of questions that you could ask, like really probe at and try and find out what their knowledge is. Because, you know, if somebody asks me about something that's quintessentially American that I just take for granted, and they'll say, like, what are milkshakes? And I'll be like, oh, they're this. And then, you know, that's the end of my knowledge, I think. But if somebody asks really probing questions, 
then you're like, oh, yeah, milkshakes are this, and sometimes they're made like this, and an egg cream is that. And you start to be drawn out and have this information come up. So that was part of the research. And then Jen? Yeah, and I had been, for years and years, just collecting every single photograph that I could find anywhere of Moroccan henna and trying to um, be as specific as I could with um, localities and years and things like that. And so I had amassed a pretty big archive of all of that stuff. And um, one of the things that I, I guess, um, focused on as a henna artist was uh, recreation of older designs and designs in styles that uh, maybe were a little lesser known or things like that, but generally recreation. And that's but from that, but from that recreation, I feel like it's when, when, when I, I remember from my middle school art classes, like trying to copy the masters, right? Learning yeah. to blend paint by trying to copy a Gauguin, right? Right. And so one of the things I've appreciated um, when taking classes from either of you, and we can talk a little bit about some of the, one of the events that you've hosted specifically on Moroccan henna, and then some of the teaching that you've done, um, one of the things that I appreciate is this idea of looking at the artwork and coming up with a sense of rule or structure for how things get laid down, which I, not all of us can do that. That's not simple for everybody. Yeah, and that's really, that was what I did. I mean, I sort of treated that archive as um, as a sample set as mm -hmm. in some type of way. And in the course of looking through it and becoming familiar with it, um, you start to notice things that are always present. You start to notice things that are sometimes present. You start to notice different little habits and artistic trademarks and things like that. Um, and through doing all of that, you can familiarize yourself enough with it that you can start to work with it yourself. So that was really, uh, I think that was the biggest part of my contribution to everything was that sort of survey, mm -hmm. this huge mm -hmm. amount of information and then pulling out the important parts out of that and figuring out, okay, how does this work? You know, it's funny, Jen, what you were just saying, um, I was just picturing like a Moroccan artist hearing like the design manual read to them and they'd be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> because, because the art is just, you know, it's passed from one person to another and it's an oral tradition, it's a visual tradition. And, you know, they're probably like, oh yeah, I guess we do do that. You're right. <laughs> One of the coolest parts about being together in Morocco, yeah. having actual Moroccan artists to teach us, right, mm. is to have that, is to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like experience that kind of almost like intellectual knowledge of the designs and then the visceral hands-on experience of the designs is, um, I'm really looking forward to that part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So Jen was working on like the design manual and I and I also was kind of like a Moroccan artist and that I just did these designs and I didn't know that there was any kind of structure whatsoever. I was always kind of trying to copy that first the first couple of designs I had done and um, and then I did um, I did a lot of research like I would interview family members and ask them questions about traditions and culture and then from that I started to read books about it and look into like the history and the culture. Uh, cultural aspects. Lisa, think, thinking back to that first design that you saw, so we're, Jen invoked the, the idea of Fessy a minute ago, but um, what, what, what kind of Moroccan henna would you place that, that first ex, um, visual representation for you? Um, yeah, the henna that I had done on me was definitely Fessy. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a full hand. And um she kind of flipped the the henna out of her like she was like dealing cards almost and she just flipped the lines down and then she didn't go back and start back where she started the other line she just flipped back the same direction like why waste time going back and then drawing it again in that same direction 
flick flick line and then squiggle 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 for the shen and then flick flick for the next two lines and then when she just spilled <laughs> so up my so... hand <laughs> yeah at that was one of those with my mouth hanging open <laughs> the first time i saw somebody do that i was like oh well that makes sense yeah it's so efficient yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um yeah so classes workshops i mean just you explaining that idea of somebody going forward and back or um jen reconstructing the or conceptualizing for people how the work comes together um Hey, maybe give us a little timeline from, hey, I've seen this this gorgeous kind of thing to starting to facilitate in in workshops or um, in retreats and what that experience was like. We did our first workshop together in 2010, I think. That yeah, was... right after the book was published. Right, okay. And that was in Seattle. Um, gosh, the book came out that long ago, huh? my yeah. god yeah. <laughs> it didn't feel like that long yeah and maya um, organized that for us right 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 um yeah so we did our and it was like it was very informal the first time it was just a bunch of people in a room with a projector and um yeah. we ran through everything and i don't even know if we drew a design together or anything it was i don't it, think so i think it was all slides i think it's so funny to think about 2010 which is probably when I started to really, um, really learn anything about henna. And you can, I mean, I was, I have such a crush on, on your skill and, and your knowledge that from the beginning, I was like, oh, they've known this thing forever. But if for you, it was, you know, fresh and new and in a learning process as well. You know, we, I guess that my point is that when we think about who's going to join us at McTube, people don't already have to be an expert in something, right? Like this is part of the, the learning process. Yeah, I don't think you need to be an expert. Definitely not. So Jen, do you want to keep talking about the, the early classes? Yeah. Um, and the evolution too. Well, and it's funny looking back because the way that we teach has changed so much between then and now that's that, mostly like, due to you though because you well, taught a lot more than i did you had a lot more time to evolve and improve it and make it much better i think i guess i mean it was born in some type of way out of uh i mean i guess you could say out of necessity or something um i just at a certain point thought well what if they just draw it what if they just draw it what if i explain as we go because in yeah. the early days, we would teach one motif at a time, and we would just really like uh, like divide it up into parts, and then it would sort of be, well, now you can take the parts and put them together and make the yeah. whole design that way. But um, I stopped doing that at a certain point, and I just got people drawing immediately. and that's what we do now when we teach uh, because it seems to when people just draw along with us and we explain the parts as we use each one there's some experiential component it's it's more like if you if somebody shows you how to build a house versus if somebody sends you to the lumber store with a shopping list you know yeah <laughs> you don't know yeah. what the pieces are for if you have them yeah. all separately but if mm -hmm. somebody says put this here and nail it to that we start mm -hmm. to understand it much more quickly yeah and yeah and i think it it, it like engages almost like a childlike response to the art like here are some crayons and a piece of paper and then we're going to talk in the background while you do it <laughs> right yeah i mean there's the there's um there's a lot to be said for that experience of just getting the whole system of your your body your brain your eyeballs, all those different pieces that go into the creation of something like a henna design, of just getting them all going together all at once. Yeah. It's it's a richer experience than just taking notes with a pen, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a lot of talking in the past. It was. We're just talking <laughs> at people. Yeah. So we talked a little bit, I think, about um, like the path that that you um, have taken from being introduced to the idea of henna and falling in love and being captivated by the the Moroccan style specifically. But where did this idea of uh, a henna retreat in Morocco actually come from? We did do a, we did do a like a weekend workshop in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, not the one that you went to, Monique, but a different one. We did just like a small one. There were like seven people there or something, mm-hmm. and that went really well. I don't know if it was a day or two days. I can't remember. I think it was two days, and it was mostly local people, and you know maybe like a couple people from Jersey and around the New York City area. And then we decided to do the the workshop that you attended, which was what four days? No, it was only two. I thought two or three. I think it was you know the typical like something happens Friday and then it's mostly Saturday and then part of the day on Sunday. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then that one we got a lot more people coming from farther afield. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know where we where we where we just. I don't know if it was like this dream that we always had. I can't remember to do a workshop in Morocco. Do you remember, Jen? Well, I mean, so when we wrote the book and even when we did all those workshops, I'm trying to remember. So I didn't actually get to go to Morocco until I believe 2012. Yeah. I hadn't been there up to that point. And yeah. I think that um when I went there, and I did take one trip after that one too, I think in 2014 maybe, um, I just really felt like we had to show people this, Mm -hmm. because to be there in person and to spend time with henna artists, which I was really lucky to get to do on both of my trips, um, and just to build that sort of artistic friendship with people and see it really happening was just I mean it's a rich rich experience yeah and but so it seemed I'm, almost unreal to right be able to do that right and so I mean I'm sure we started talking about it around then like just in like a oh yeah. man wouldn't this be cool kind of way yeah you know? yeah <laughs> maybe part dream part natural progression of of the work that you've already invested and i think so yeah it's like where do we go from here right and you know um there were so few american henna artists who were doing any kind of henna related travel i mean it was really like just two henna events in the states and Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I've been to quite a few of them. But and they're also very far ranging, like all different kinds of styles and types and like business classes and bridal specialties and yeah. stuff. But actually that's one of the things when we've been building McTube that I appreciate is that there isn't a single business class there. This is really about about the art. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like so I wanted I I just thought People have to experience what this is like on the ground, in person, mm-hmm. with Morocco all around you, because mm-hmm. it's not like anything else that hen artists are doing. Yeah. And then, it was, I, I've lost all track of time in my life, but it was definitely before the pandemic. <laughs> and it was, I think it was October, I was in the south of Spain. And I was traveling with a friend and we were just going to go to the north of uh, Morocco because neither of us had been there. We were just going to take a few days there. And so while I was there, um, Jen, you text me, you were like, let's go to Morocco together. I'm like, dude, I'm in Morocco. (laughs) And I said, why don't we just do the damn workshop in Morocco already? And he's like, yeah, why the hell don't we just do that? So... And then I think I came back and I saw on your on your um, Instagram, Monique, that you were going to Morocco or you're in Morocco. And then I was like, Jen, we have to get Monique. We have to like 
she is in country. We already wanted her to join us. We're going to do this. And so that's kind of how everything congealed into us actually doing it. Mm -hmm. It feels a little like kismet. Um, or McTube. Or McTube. Well, well, I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, why don't, well, since we're there, why don't we somebody talk about what McTube means? So, uh, Mektub is an Arabic word, which, I mean, it's like a rough translation would be the word destiny in English. Um, it is written. It is written, right. That's yeah. the word, yeah. Uh, and so it, it just seemed to make sense for us to use that as the title of the, of the event. Because so, yeah, it, it, it has feels been planned and thought about and just, you know, turned over and over in some form by us for so many years already like you keep saying this natural progression so yeah like the next thing to do yeah the next thing so let's yeah. talk a little bit about what that next thing looks like i know that we're going to share via instagram and facebook you know things like schedule and and who the teachers are i, I would like to touch on uh, the teachers because that's a really important component of what, what mctube is about um, but let's talk about what you want for, for attendees, for guests at this event. I want people to lose their minds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, um, I mean, like, I want them to just lose themselves in the experience and just be disconnected from, like, expectations and past thoughts about Moroccan henna and just be fully immersed in meeting Moroccan henna artists and watching them work and learning from them and talking to them and then all of the other things we have planned. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel in many ways the same. Um, part of, a big part of the event from the beginning was that, you know, the three of us can do a lot of teaching, but there's, uh, there's nothing that is as good as getting to spend time with a Moroccan henna artist who has been doing this for her whole life. And maybe her mother did too, and her mother's mother and all of it just going back and back. So, um, I think it's very important to me that people are able to make this kind of personal connection with these artistic lineages that have been existing in Morocco for millennia, since before anybody even knows when. Especially because, like I mentioned earlier, that had been such an amazing thing for me to experience on my trips to Marrakesh. That is a central focus of the event now. Yeah, you used the phrase in situ in the past in describing the the immersive kind of experience that you hope for people. And I feel like that's a really poetic and compelling way to explain what we want for folks. Maybe to take them out of their cerebral selves and put them into their like emotive, just feeling experiencing selves. Mm -hmm. Yeah but also know that they're safe, right? Like the housing is a specific way to engender a feeling and the, the food and it's thoughtfully put together. We don't want people to be so disrupted that they can't enjoy themselves. Yeah, we don't literally want them to lose their minds. No. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's true. It's like the housing is a very typical, um, traditional Moroccan, house and you know we're staying in there together and learning there together and eating our meals together and going on outings together it's really like we're creating a community and then the Moroccan henna artists are going to be there as part of our community not just serving us as teachers but you know they're they're experiencing something by sharing their art with us as well yeah, we're going to be a little pod. Yeah. And, um, mm -hmm. You know, there's something 
I don't know, maybe this is just my own sort of like, like romantic experience around Morocco, but like, I fall asleep in Marrakesh every night exhausted, but like, just really, really inspired and um, artistically fulfilled just from being there. <laughs> and so we're trying to put this experience together that at least in my head is like to get people into that space of existing in this little sort of art like art community for six days or whatever and um just being able to soak it all up and and really just feel good and enriched and um, inspired by everything around them, the people they meet, the things they see, all of it. Also like the teachers that we have so far, we're working on another one, but um, the teachers that we have so far are, they're just so skilled at what they do and they have unique styles, they have their own design language and their own way of working. And that to me is just amazing that we can bring that all together in one place and just soak all, all of that in, you know, not just Fessy, but, uh, or not just somebody using a syringe, but also somebody doing like Saharawi designs with tape resist. I mean, I'm just, I'm floored just thinking about it. I think she's a little overwhelmed by how excited we are about that. <laughs> oh, Fatima, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's delighted, though. Every time we post yeah. something and mention her name, she's like, I'm so thankful that you invited me. And I'm like, well, you don't know how thankful we are. Well, I just, I think there's something, something super exciting and maybe a little ironic about the fact that, well, maybe not, like this whole small world thing that is created by a community of people who love a thing, right? Via Instagram mm -hmm. primarily, mm -hmm. right? Which is how we, we've met yeah. these artists. But then to actually, you know, hashtag in real life, like we're, we're going, yeah. people who join McTube are going to be present yeah. in that, that space, you know, from social media to real life, I think is yeah. an exciting thing. And I think, I think about like baby Jen and not so baby, but younger me, when we were so excited about Morocco and Henna and there was no internet and they were there, they were in Morocco, they were working and doing these amazing designs. And we just sat here and we're like, we want to see what they're doing. And now it's just like, it's a cornucopia of, of artists out there who've been you know they've just been waiting for us to get on instagram and well and, and the flip the the related or flip side of that is that yeah i mean we can youtube it or we can watch reels and live all day but it's not the same mm -hmm. as actually being there yeah yeah absolutely i mean you can look at a photograph of the sistine chapel but when you're in it it's a yeah. different thing and this is really just the same type of experience when you're there looking at it with your eyeballs in real time it's we're actually standing yeah. on ground that is a 900 year old municipality like mm -hmm. when you're in marrakesh like it's been a space that's been inhabited for 900 years in that right. i feel like yeah, I mean, John, like you said, like being there, it's it's not the same as sitting in a, a classroom. In yeah. as lovely as the 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 more event was in New York, you know, it's not the same as actually being there. Yeah, and then also like just walking around like the soup in Marrakesh. There's you know somebody who's like doing like creating these brass tea trays by hand you know, all that, I don't know what you call it, not embossing, but like the metal work that they do. And they're using techniques that they've used for, you know, hundreds of years, or you see somebody, you know, like dyeing silk or doing leather work or something. And it's just so palpable and- We're out in the countryside doing beauty preparations. Yeah, exactly. Like making argon oil, mm -hmm. like with a big stone and, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah, everything by hand. And it's not like, oh, let's glorify this this exotic culture, but it's a real tactile thing that exists in the world and is and is very um, fa fascinating. That's part of the point, right? Is to experience it. It's not a fantasy, mm -hmm. right? Or a theme. Yeah, it's, like that's real yeah. and tangible. Yeah, it's not Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, like that guy making the tea trays. He's making tea trays for, you know, your next door neighbor's house. It's not like, oh, this exotic tea tray that's, you know, this special thing. It's just a thing you put your teapot on. But it's still, you know, amazing to see it made by hand. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a little bit about... Um first introductions and the progression to getting to this this idea of mctube how do you see mctube being different than any other henna event we've all attended conferences as students some of us as facilitators yeah i mean uh i really think that obviously there are a lot of differences but the two that stand out most to me are the sort of community aspect of it. Like we were just saying a few minutes ago, we're going to be eating our meals together and all of us will be there, the teachers, all of us, and we'll really be spending time together as people, uh, which is a little different than usual. But also just, I mean, this is the only event you can go to where you can actually meet these henna artists who like I mentioned earlier, are in this ongoing lineage and really are like what I would call knowledge holders or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they're the stars of the show and there's no other event anywhere on earth that you can go to and meet these artists who've been doing this in their tradition in the way that they have for so long and also in such different ways too, like Lisa mentioned. We have right now three artists who have really kind of uh, amazingly overlapping yet different skill sets and so you're going to learn all these little bits and pieces from each one of them and that just isn't available elsewhere i think also it's not going to be one of these uh, i don't know I, I don't really use the word crazy but just that kind of overwhelming thing where you have all these different classes and they're all at the same time you want to take you know, we, you know, these conferences where you have like 20 classes over a weekend or something, and it's really hard to attend and everything, you know, you're running from one to the other. And then in the meantime, everyone's trying to get henna from all their favorite henna artists. And, you know, there's a lot of business stuff and how to be an influencer and whatever. And um, yeah, I, we're not going to have a class on how to make your Instagram look good. But if after you leave Marrakesh if your Instagram doesn't look good it's probably just because your camera was broken because <laughs> the sites You're are amazing so busy enjoying everything about it yeah I mean actually as as a participant behind the scenes one of the most exciting things has been looking at the schedule and seeing our roles disappear like our yeah. class times making space for the the true gift of this this workshop which or this this series which is the the in-country talent yeah i almost feel like i'm like the cruise director or something mm -hmm. <laughs> like you know this way to that and just like pointing them in the right direction mm -hmm. and then stepping back which i i didn't really think we'd be doing but now it's it's pretty cool that we can do that yeah i'm so glad we can i mean it was even difficult at first to conceive of like well are we going to be able to find and connect with these Moroccan artists and are they going to be interested in, in doing this with us and it's been really amazing to find such a talented crew of people who are interested mm -hmm. and yeah like just letting them really shine here yeah Okay, I, I, would, I was just gonna say there are some conferences where the artist shines and it's not crazy. Um, so 
you know, if you think about some of the conferences you've been at where it has been a little bit slower, like I think the one that was up in the California mountains, I think that was a little chiller and more like immersive and focusing on the artists. So um, there are some similarities. Yeah, and we definitely don't want people to be, um, we want you to be exhausted in a good way. <laughs> yeah, like fulfilled and satiated. Yeah, not just because of sen like total overwhelm. <laughs> no, but nourished, right? Like right. nourished right. artistically, yes. nourished visually, nourished um, by the experience of travel and being right. in Face. yeah and part of what i think will be so nice about um spending time doing other things other than just henna classes is mm -hmm. that we'll all have time to sort of like talk about what's drawing our interest that day something that we saw heard thought you know there'll be a lot of time for us to sort of just um like just i think the kids are saying just vibe mm -hmm. <laughs> as a group Mm -hmm. yeah. And those between class moments will really be like the sort of the breathing room to exhale for a minute and say, wow, what did we learn today? Wow, what did we get to see, you know? Yeah. And we won't be in a hotel, you know, like a lot of these conferences, they just take place in a hotel and you see a room and a couple conference rooms and that's it. But the locale of where we're going to be, even if we just, even if we're in the rooms, it's going to be amazing. But you know, we have the whole city to explore and the city will be our, our workshop as well. Where should people go to find out more information about MacTube? So uh, the first ways you can go to is to mectubehenna.com. Uh, that's our sort of uh, where all the information is right now. Uh, we're also on Instagram. We are at mectubehenna and uh, everything that is Everything is in both of those places. There's a little bit more um, more specific information on the Instagram, just because we have you know quite a few posts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the different things we're going to be doing. But as far as nuts and bolts kind of stuff, that's on our website. And when when does registration open? It opens on the 28th. I was just counting the days. It's like <laughs> a week. It's less than a. It's a week from now. Yeah. Yeah. Today's the 21st, yeah. Yeah. And so I have a question for you, Monique. Oh. So um, what if you were attending this, I can't think of how to ask this question. Um, I guess, what would you want to get out of it if you were attending this? I guess you kind of will be attending it, too. I will be. And the, I think I'm hoping that... Um, as part of the McTube planning process, but also somewhat tangential because um, this this feels a little, I don't know, our paths have united, but this is something that the two of you have been working towards for a really long time. I hope that I want to get out what our guests want to get out of it, right? To be immersed in a homeland of henna to um to be in the souk to eat the food to dine with the the other attendees to learn from the three maybe four uh teachers that we have lined up and yeah i i hope that that what we're creating is my dream conference <laughs> i'm very excited by it yeah and you you are the one who's been to Marrakesh the most recent of all three of us so what are you looking forward to re-experiencing actually i'm looking forward to attending or going to morocco with a different lens i was oh. very much a tourist and in some ways along for the ride if folks want to check in on our conversation there's a um there's another caught red-handed where we talk about where we talk about that but um I'm looking forward to being there with people who have a shared passion. I thoroughly enjoyed my travel experience and love my traveling companion, but I'm looking forward to being there with other people who are passionate and interested in Hana specifically. 
Yeah, you definitely see it in a different way when you've mm -hmm. got that focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, I, and I think Jen, you probably experienced this too. Like, you just walk around the street and you just like stare at women's hands all the time. Like, <laughs> does she have henna? And then you're like trying to be like all cool and you know trying to spy some henna just as you're walking around and you notice like the henna for sale in the market and the artists hanging out doing it in the square and stuff and that's just the very least of it yeah and and then things that you notice that are similar to your your daily life and things that are different like okay they don't have a 7-eleven but there's all these crazy little convenience stores tucked into the walls of Marrakesh where you can buy Pringles. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I love that, right? Like, yeah. I mean, when I was in Italy, the thing that got me the most was like, oh my gosh, it's the same weeds we have at home. So I feel like you, you have to experience that. You can't, it's not funny if somebody tells you the story of it. It's more funny okay. when you tell it yourself. And so I think that, that those are the things that come with being a traveler and, and that will be part of the experience and, and I'll see new things because I was only there for for 10 days the last time so there's plenty more to see and do. And it was probably very overwhelming right? I wouldn't describe it that way I feel like we had oh. a good pace honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah the traveling pace was good. Well, I did a hundred. I did a poll. We talked about this, right? And a hundred percent of the respondees said that they were excited about the vibe, and um, really interested in hearing about the feel and what what Mictoop was about. And we can we can share on social media with the the schedules and things, the detaily pieces. Yeah, we'll have all the details there, and and you can go to mictoop.com or mictoophenna.com. We have all the information about the different lodging options and what you get for the price and the price and things like that. And then um, we also have an FAQ that answers some of your questions about things that you need to be that you need to prepare before you go there and how much airfare costs and things like that. So all the logistical things are there. Oh, just a really good point too that you know because because uh, social media is two ways it, folks who have questions for us or um, have thoughts they can comment or comment on the um, Facebook page Instagram or send us an email if you have any questions and so apart from all that logistical stuff that's available Jen do you want to kind of walk through like a, a like what you think an average day is going to be like yeah sure that's a great idea um so the whole six day trip is planned in such a way that we hope that it's a good balance between uh, like activities and excursions and some class time and some more like downtime type of activities like if we go to shop in a specific area of the soup or something like that so um, we really tried to keep it balanced and flowing in a way that is sort of going to um, going to make sense to us as we experience it on the ground. So um, I think I forget which day it is in, in particular, but some days we'll start out by going to a destination. Uh, so we may go to Dar al Basha, for instance, um, or the Madrasa Ben Yusuf which are both historical sites in Marrakesh. And- um, Wait, you forgot the most important part. You get what, a delicious breakfast? Moroccan breakfast in your hotel. <laughs> That's what I'm most looking forward to, as you can see. I know, honestly, I, yeah. Moroccan <laughs> breakfast is good. All Moroccan food is good, but yeah. yes, you, you'll get fresh squeezed orange juice every damn day. <laughs> uh, the best orange juice ever. Once you've had your fill. Then we'll go somewhere. So uh, <laughs> one of the days we're going to, like I said, Dar al Basha and Madrasa Ben Yusuf, and it's it's meant to be sort of relaxed. So it's not like we're going to herd you around necessarily. Um, we'll take you from our Riyadh to one of those places. You can explore till your heart is full, and you can move on to the next place. We'll meet you, and then we'll sort of take our group back to or to wherever our next destination is but we're not going to be like um like necessarily like tour guides the entire time you'll have 
some time to just explore on your own within the framework of our schedule. Um, and then lunch together is in the middle of every day. Um, we're going to be eating at different local restaurants, just depending on what part of the city we're in. Uh, and there is a class of some type every day. So um, you'll spend the afternoon with one of the Moroccan Nakashat that we have working with us, um, or maybe with one of us, or maybe at a destination um, again. So to me, it feels really um, like I think it's just full enough the way that we have it all put together because Marrakesh can be overwhelming and it can be exhausting. So I think that you'll find the pace is really nice uh, and there's a lot packed into our days, but uh, we're not just going to be scurrying around like animals trying to see it all. We're yeah, really and like digging in. Yeah, like you said, we'll be going to like the Darabash, that's like an old palace. And you could just sit in one place and just drink it in if you want to. Or you can grab one of the Moroccan henna artists and like, you know, explore all the nooks and crannies of it and take pictures of the mosaics or whatever. It's up to you what you want to do. And then when we go back to the Riyadh, maybe for a class, you know, we're going to be just chilling and hanging out and we're going to be like, you know, lying on cushions on the floor and drawing henna on people and stuff. So you can, you know, go for it a hundred percent or chill a hundred percent as you wish. But we are going to give you a lot of moments to pause and kind of soak everything in. Really in or is she just like staring? <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm just soaking it in already. I know. I feel like I'm there. Yeah. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to wish time away, but I'm very much there. Yeah. Yeah, we have we have we have things to do before that comes. So let's just slowly, slowly. Uh, so the the Riyadh. So uh, it will be lovely to be together in the Riyadh. And then uh, one thing that we didn't we didn't get to yet was to really talk about who the Nakasha are, who are the henna artists that will be working with us uh, from it too. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm like so excited <laughs> to have all three of them. Um, we have three artists right now, maybe four eventually, uh, but uh, Khadija, uh, Fatima, and Nadia. So uh, Khadija is from Kenitra, and she I'm, she's a gallery henna on Instagram. You probably know who she is, listeners. She's <laughs> like a like a henna powerhouse, <laughs> but her work is gorgeous. I think of it as like. Um, Sort of like a modern style fessy. Um, she really does a lot of fusion work, so mixing in uh, other styles other than Moroccan, but she does uh, beautiful, more traditional work as well. I mean, everything she does is gorgeous. She's super skilled with a syringe. Uh, and she's just so friendly and so helpful. So she's going to be joining us. So she is our sort of like, um, I'm thinking of her as that, that, uh, real well-connected, modern, working henna artist um, who is... And she... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 you go. I was just going to say, and she speaks English and French and Arabic, so we'll be yeah. covered with languages. Yeah. So she's really like... Um, she's... Because she's so well-known on Instagram, too, she's sort of an international personality for henna people, so she's, she's that type of figure. Um, we have two other artists too. So Nadia will be joining us. She is the main head henna artist who works at the Marrakesh Henna Art Cafe. Uh, and she works there full time as far as I'm aware, um, but she's not on Instagram herself. Maybe she will be soon. That would be cool. But, uh, you know, we connected with her through our friends who run the cafe that she works at. And I've been looking at her work in photos for years and just saying, oh my God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> She does really traditional style fessy, but uh, with her own sort of stylistic take on it. I, her work is definitely recognizable, um, yeah. but it's to me a more, um, I would call it a more old school kind of look, which I, you know, I love. That's really my thing. So I think of her as representing that. Um, and I haven't met her yet, but she just seems super friendly and, and really warm and kind. So I'm really excited for everybody to meet her. And then um, 
The third artist is Fatima. So she is from the far south of Morocco. She lives in Gulmim. Uh, and in the south of Morocco, the henna style, like Marrakesh is in the south of Morocco too, but even further south where Fatima lives, the henna styles change a little bit and you start to see Sahrawi style work, um, which if you've been looking at our Instagram, you'll notice is quite different than the Fessi or Marrakesh style work. And so Fatima is an expert in that style and uh, she works with a syringe as well as with tape resist. So she's got a huge amount of amazing stuff to share with us uh, specific to the henna in the part of Morocco where she lives. And so it's amazing that we have this sort of like this little, I don't know, triumvirate. Is that the word? <laughs> yeah. We have this triumvirate of artists who each have these very specific areas of expertise that all do overlap but um they're really three points on a triangle in terms of what they do and how they do it and how they work in their lives as henna artists so it's just so great that we have this huge range we have a couple of other fun things planned and more things to come uh we I can't remember if we've talked about um, a certain sports team and maybe a pizza party. Ooh, <laughs> yes. So, I don't know, maybe like a year or two, again, time, I don't know. A year or two ago, I read an article in The Guardian about this women's rugby team based in Marrakesh. And it was this whole photo spread of them and interviews with the players and just talking basically about what it's like to be a female rugby player in Morocco and some of the some of the difficulties they had being rugby players in Morocco in a sport that's you know not considered feminine traditionally feminine and um so and we were I thought about that article when we were planning Mektub and I just tried to find the team and I finally tracked down the coach of the team and I said, hey, we're having a henna workshop in Marrakesh. Can we invite you and your team to come for a party at our Riyadh and we're gonna henna you? And she just was completely delighted. And um, so that's what you're gonna get to experience. You're gonna have a nice little henna party, pizza party with these players to kind of celebrate everything that they're doing and, um, and just, you know, meet new people and share the love of henna amongst all of us. Well, be, one of the primary goals is that 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 person-to-person -person contact, right? And so, mm -hmm. how lovely for us to be able to to meet them, and and then also skin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and who doesn't love henna? So mm -hmm. right. Uh, yeah, and I think about the times that I've been in Morocco, I was always with my ex, oh, I mean, I traveled on my own too, but I was often there with my ex-husband, and so I met a lot of Moroccan people, like real Moroccan people, not people just in the tourist industry that I interacted with, and I wish that we could make sure that people meet real Moroccans yeah. in this workshop as well, that they, mm -hmm. they get a, a deeper experience than just a touristic veneer of Morocco. Again, you know, another advantage of actually being there, right? Not not in a, a classroom in the States. Okay. I can't. I mean, my, all right, why am I here? Why am I the hanger on other than a lover of Moroccan henna? Um, and yeah, tell us that, lover maybe. of Morocco. Um, Morocco is a really rich place for raw ingredients for natural beauty, including argan oil that most of us have heard of. Um, prickly pear uh, oil is also harvested there. Saffron, rose, um, flaxseed. Um, the, uh, in the north of the country where they get all the oranges that we're gonna have fresh squeezed for breakfast, um they're known for the orange blossom water so my my role in, in um, tube is to bring that that beauty and fragrance and and more maybe tactile visceral bathing culture piece um to make you gonna 
Are we gonna go to a hammam? I would, yes, we're gonna go to a hammam. And I can, we're gonna have a list too. Like if you wanna um, have other kinds of services while you're there, if you're gonna have your gorgeous uh, henna done on your feet, then maybe you wanna have a pedicure and so can make recommendations on where, uh, near where we're staying that you can have that done. Um, what to expect at the hammam. Uh, you don't have to come with the group, but it, it could be a super fun and, and unique experience. Um, mixing your own beauty care products with raw ingredients that we shop the soup for uh, is, is on the, the schedule as well. And if everything comes to plan, a field trip into the countryside to visit uh, and maybe even make something with a maker of actual Moroccan beauty products. And I love that that's all tied in, like when you were talking about the hammam and all of the all of the procedures in the hammam, that's really tied in with henna because, you know, people use henna in the hammam just like on a regular day, they'll henna their hair in the hammam and they'll put henna on their bodies, but also, you know, in preparation for a wedding. So you do the, all the beauty stuff and then you go get your henna done back at the house. So it's, I feel like it flows really nicely with the, everything you're covering. And it catches that cultural piece too, because I've read that every neighborhood has a place of worship, a bakery and a hammam. That's part of what makes the community. And and we're so weird about bodies in the US and about being naked. And and it's just, it's, it's just part of being, a citizen right you clean your temple you decorate you, you decorate it right yeah <laughs> body is a temple then you got to keep it clean <laughs> you got to keep it adorned it's got to yeah. be pretty and clean yeah and a lot of it's not even just pretty but healthy and nourishing mm -hmm. well and nourish. the nourishing piece is the part that gets gets me right that's where not just my business model, but me personally, um, that that being adorned and tending yourself are things that are not just hygienic, they're emotionally necessary. Like we, we are worthy of that, that investment. And so um, investing in, in your, your work and your passion is good, but also investing in, in the care and keeping of you. I, and to be able to do that with beautiful raw ingredients is even more connecting to um, tradition and, and lineage and, and history and our ancestors and, and the roots of everything. Amen. I love it. Tim, any conclusion you want to make? I'm just excited and I hope that any, everyone listening will hop on board and come with us. <laughs> I want to take yes. everyone, I want to take everyone to Morocco. I know. Yes. <laughs> this is your invitation, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was really lucky the first time I went to Morocco to go with some people who kind of uh, were able to show me around and get me acquainted and really get me feeling familiar and at home in Marrakesh in particular. And so I hope that this can be a similar experience for the people who come with us. That was, a, that was one of the key things when we first started talking, which was the, the being hosts of the event. And I love the way that that's evolving, right? With our, our teachers, um, with, um, having the the rugby team come in you know serving as the hosts and the guides and not inserting ourselves and everything letting yeah giving the experience to people all right well i just want to say <laughs> thanks for listening uh thank you lisa and brooklyn uh at kenzie henna uh to jumpa in uh, boston i've 
been sitting in my basement near Detroit and we're very excited and we just keep counting down the days until October and we hope that you'll join us. For more information, it's at, at mctubehenna.com and find us on uh, Instagram at mctubehenna. And then um, I, I imagine we can put um, in the, on the podcast where it caught red-handed, we can put the links for our, our teachers. And if you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and give us a rating. Helps us get out there a little bit more widely. Thank you so much. Join us in, uh, in October. We, the, the registration goes live on March 28th, 2021. Thank you. Bye, everyone.